Are you the kind of gal who's not interested in how things used to be in the hair industry? Who wants to hear from ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga, and join me as I interview and learn and get curious about other hairstylists I believe are living life on their own terms, defining what success means for them and living lives in alignment with that. Let's dive in. Okay, guys. So this is so exciting to have a guest on after being stuck with me for the last year, basically doing all solo episodes. But today we have Rachel White. She is a shaman, a medium, and a meditation coach. And I'm so excited just going into 2022 to have her give us as much insight as she can on just the energetic work that we do as hairstylists and just how we can better um, show up in our lives. So thank you for being here, Rachel. Thank you for inviting me. I I mentioned you, I have a lot, a lot of clients. Some of my absolute favorite clients are hairdressers. Um, they're generally all also either trained or accidental energy workers. And I don't think that that's a coincidence. I think that in your profession, there, there's a gravitation to like listening to people, working with their chi, uplifting the You know, when you cut hair or you color hair, you're changing the facial feng shui and the feng shui of your pranayama, the the crown of your head. So what you guys do is actually incredibly intense. And I don't think people always realize that. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's why I wanted to have you on because like, you know, when we had talked before and I, I was, you were saying like, I don't think people realize just the intensity of the work that we do. And, you know, we were talking before this about how like, how I just instinctually knew to, to like take a salt bath when I had some energy I needed to get off of me. And I feel like what you were saying really just resonates because it's like how often are hairstylists kind of getting into energy work subconsciously or trying to like heal themselves. And I had a, I had a gal on the podcast a couple of years ago, Gina divine. She was a hairstylist and became an energy worker. Um, you know, she does readings and things like that. And I asked her if there's one thing that she found was just uh, a through line for hairstylists. And she said it was that they were trying to heal themselves through other people. And that, by the way, though, is is the path of the healer. You know, the word shaman, I just sent an email out about this because I passed a kidney stone. Yeah. Like a huge professional milestone. It just, it, it always happens where the name shaman actually means wounded healer. And so the enlightened healer or coach or someone who really finds their voice, the first thing they do is get their own house in order. And and that work never stops. It's never static. But you really have to heal yourself first if you want to be effective without going down into like the vortex of someone else's shit all the time, especially if you're an empath. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I think you just hit the nail on the head of why so many of us as hairstylists, myself included, kind of crash and burn before we kind of go, whoa, I need to get some energetic just boundaries in order. What you just described, I feel like so many of us don't know that that's what we're getting into. And we end up swimming in other people's stuff. And that's like going into this new year. I wanted to just like have you just give us as much as you can, because I yep. know you get that part of what, what we do as hair sauce. And I think so many of us don't and haven't and find ourselves exhausted because we are yeah. carrying other people's stuff. 
Well, it's funny, you know, along the wounded healer framework, all of my clients that are hairstylists that are energy workers, whether they got Reiki certified or not, by the way, you can do energy work and not be certified. It's not the end of the world. And, okay. and not all Reiki practitioners have all their shit together either. It's just like everything else, right? Like right. you have lawyers that are really organized and together and some that are figuring it out, but all of them have had physical manifestations of what they're not looking at. So a lot of them have right shoulder injuries which is over-functioning, particularly for men. Right hip, which is taking on emotional burdens for men. Um, all these sort of medical intuitive things that always show up for them. And it's sort of like your profession, what you guys do on the daily is very physical. You know, my husband's a chef. Okay. It's a job where you're on your feet, you're doing things with your hands, you're burning calories and you're engaged. So those injuries are like the body and the energy body going, time out, you need to take care of yourself for a minute first right? Because yeah. they know if they injure you guys physically, you can't be on the floor doing your work and you're going to have to sit with what it is. But it's the awareness of what's my body trying to tell me here? Like what's going on? What do I need to do? Um, and the other thing I would say is that hairstylists are really underpaid therapists. You know, I, I've spent a lot of time at salons because I'm very prematurely gray. I started going gray in like middle school. I know. Don't tell anybody. Well, you wouldn't know. I've seen you on lives. You're keeping that up. Thank you. I, I maintain it. That and the <laughs> Botox will never go, even in the end times. But, um, you know, I've sat in hair salons and I'm maybe because I'm a professional psychic, for want of a better term, I'm super conscious of what energy I bring to places. And if I feel tired or something, I just am like, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to leave you alone. And people dump, they dump all over the place, whether it's my stylist or other stylists. And I'll, I'll take them aside and be like, you know, how often does that happen to you? Like really heavy shit, like childhood sexual trauma and stuff. And it's like, you did not sign up for that. You're trying to do hair. Like, how does that affect you? And, and they'll be honest. They're like, I go home, I can't engage with my partner or whatever. Like I'm done for the day. It takes me a long time to recover. And the other common theme that you guys have in common actually with chefs is if the job is out of balance somehow, in some way, or you're out of balance with it, your days off, which are rare, are just recovery. So in other words, you know, that first 24 hours is just physical recovery, and then it's sort of like mental recovery. So you're not doing things with your time off either, because you're so fucking burned out, right? Yeah. And that's the one thing like I learned about my life after like 12 years of the cycle, you that horrible cycle you just described. Um, it's like, I didn't have time. I remember being in the salon and being like, I'm going to get my Christmas tree tonight. And I'm going to drive to the home alone house and I'm going to do this. And I'd leave work and I'd be like, not doing any of that shit. Like nothing, I don't have any Nothing energy. is happening. Yeah. yeah. And like a yeah. year, like a year can go by, a decade can go by where you like have these big aspirations and you literally are like, like you don't have the energy to do anything. And so yeah. I think that's so like, I mean, like that is what happens. And I know from doing hair way less and enjoying it and charging way more, it's like, wait, there's just, it has to find its uh, groove so that you can actually live your own life. And that's like yes. something that's like, I love what you're talking about. Cause so many hairstyles I think are kind of selling themselves short and think, yes. and I know I thought this is what I signed up for, but it can, it doesn't have to be like that. And what you're describing is so, I don't know, it just bums me out that that's what the industry so often ends up kind of breeding. It's just like all these, you know, like caring people that have no yes. gas left in the tank. And creative people, you know, and, and creative people are like rare. It's the child that survived 
society. You know, like you still have a little bit of inner child. You still want to create, which I think is sort of the whole point of our species is we're creators. We make things, we do things, we're exploring. And, and, and so the bottom line is in, in my experience with those clients, number one, odds are, if you're a hairstylist, you probably do energy work without realizing it. So if you, if you get around to it, think about it, get a Reiki level one certification and, and get it from someone who's charging no more than $300 because it's, it shouldn't be more than that. And all level one is, is self Reiki, which teaches you boundaries and also teaches you how to do self-care with Reiki. Like if every human being had Reiki one, when I passed the kidney stone the other day, I was doing self Reiki in the bathroom. Oh. It, it actually, like, it's not going to make a kidney stone disappear. I'm not a wizard. It's not Miss Cleo's 900 number. I'm not selling some crazy shit, but it reduces inflammation. And I, I found that it reduces my panic which helps me pass a stone because part of it is everything just gets so tight. So Reiki one. And then in Reiki one, I learned about pink yarrow, which is a flower essence. So it's a little bottle, a little tincture. Um, Pink yarrow helps separate your energy body from other people's energy bodies. So instead of having to be a bitch, because that's always the struggle, right? Am I being too permissive or am I too bitchy and rigid? It could be hard to find it just doing the things that manage your energy, you go, you get so much more clarity and you can do the work without going into the hole with them and absorbing it. So if you're an empath, you get psychic information through your heart chakra. It's not like what, you know, Instagram memes make you think it is. It's not like you're some bleeding heart. You're super sweet. Or Actually, most empaths have an instinct to kind of be away from people for the most part, because it's so intense and, mm-hmm. and you just get information here. So you could even do something like wear a crystal necklace. I have a few of them that I wear when I do energy work, just clear quartz like this guy, this guy, uh-huh. something like that. You can get them on Etsy. They're super inexpensive. And, and right here, you're just disinfecting. You're doing a little bit of hygiene on your heart chakra. And the more you just put those little easy things, because flower essences, you put a few drops in water, drink it for a few days, and it just works. So yeah. every day isn't psychotherapy. You don't have to meditate during a client session. You built in these easy things. And then when you're done with touching people's hair, which is so intense and where so much of their energy is, go home and take a salt bath. doesn't matter what kind of salt. I use Epsom salt after readings, after work, and it just removes other people's energy from your energy body. Little incremental measures will make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. You were saying it about like, you know, like how we're touching people's heads. Like what, what are we taking from people? Is it just like you said, like their energy, like is like if someone's going through something dark and we're yeah. touching their head and like, they don't intend to give us what they have, but is it just something that we're just transferring yeah. no matter what, no matter what it, it's a whole ecosystem. You know, it's sort of like if you've ever looked at pond water under a Mm -hmm. slide, like a microscope in science class or something, there's a whole energy ecosystem. Everybody has an electromagnetic field. And that's just science. That's not woo-woo stuff. That's how EKGs work and pacemakers work is electricity and magnetism. So every time we're around and then touching and touching here, this is the crown chakra, third eye chakra. So this is hyperactive. And when people come and get their hair done, they tend to be working, thinking on the phone. So they're engaging their mind. And I noticed when it was a long time ago, someone cut my hair and I started, cause I'm a shaman, it hits me physically. So I don't get the emotional feeling. I get a physical sensation and I'm not a headache person. I got a headache like this. And I was like, fuck, like my head hurts. And she, I was like, I just stopped her. I was like, what is going on with you today? She's like, I just broke up with my boyfriend of like three and a half years this morning. And I was like, yeah, you did, you did. 
you know, and the, the only way out is through, she's not trying to harm me. And I didn't consciously take it on. That's the other thing. A lot of, you know, like light workers will say like, well, you don't have to take it on. It's like, who has constant judo, like Steven Seagal awareness of all of their energy? Mo- like it's going to happen. Like roll yeah. with the punches. Like if you get in the octagon in the MMA to fight, you're going to get hit. You're going to clipped a couple times. It's just what it is. Yeah. So doing a little bit of self-care goes a long way. And the other thing I would say is in your industry, they're just like in the restaurant industry for my husband and, and all these other places. I used to work and teach meditation workshops at yoga studios where there are creative people, there tend to be sort of parasitic figures that own businesses or inject themselves, insert themselves in that take advantage of goodwill, that take advantage of how much you guys care about your clients, how much you care about quality and get you in that, that famine cycle. Right. So that's another thing that's come up with my clients. A lot of them, and this is what I love about what you're doing are going independent or they're finding different employers that are like, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. What you just said, you don't have to sort of be in a slave bondage system for someone else's sake. Totally. And what you were saying about how hairstyles are so underpaid and you had, you know, kind of the energetic part about like, you know, I've always felt like when you're innately good at something, you sometimes struggle to see the value in it. And, you know, you're like, it's not hard for me. It's easy for me. And I I know that was something that I, that was a hang up for me until I realized like it's innate for me because I've worked really hard to get good at it. And I've devoted a ton of time to education and I don't need to be apologetic for, for charging what um, my value is. And I know it's so hard for people to find that value and to like trust themselves and to, to honor themselves. But then on top of it, like, what do you, what have you found like energetically as like kind of a block for a lot of creative or giving Um, people? Well, with empaths, heart chakra led people in particular, but all of us, we tend to see people's potential and we see their, we we give them credit. Like we say, oh, you're not coming from a nefarious place. You're not a bad person. And and the best way to answer your question is to tell a little anecdote. So I was teaching at this yoga studio, which was right by where I used to live in the West Loop in Chicago, long time ago, by the way. And the owner was always complaining that she didn't have any money, you know, and I thought she's this great human being, humanitarian, right? Trying to do these good things, take care of everybody. And then I noticed like, and this is very common in yoga. It's common in your industry too. A lot of the newbies were not getting paid. It was work study Mm -hmm. and they were earning credits by doing free labor, which is a violation of labor laws. So immediately having been in corporate, I was like, that's interesting because if she's not making money and she's not paying people, like the math doesn't work out really. (laughs) And, and I had kind of gently told her at several points when I taught these workshops that I was uneasy about how she put the squeeze on my clients after meditation. Because the kind of meditations we do, you enter a theta wave state and it makes you subconsciously very vulnerable. Like you're in a very tender state for about 10 to 20 minutes afterwards. So I warn everybody, I'm like, be careful what you take in you know, like go home slowly, ground yourself, all that. And she'd be like, sign up for yoga. Da, da, da. I'm like, it's like, don't do that. And finally, one night, everybody's coming out of meditation. It was a really intense one. It was like 50 people. And I look behind the little front desk, and she's got a bunch of brand new Louis Vuitton, like brand new, <laughs> with price tags. She went to the Louis store. Like, this wasn't Nordstrom rack shit. And I, like, I just hit such a point of pure rage. And right when I saw it, she was putting the squeeze on one of my very dear friends and clients about this. And, and I saw her eyes, and she's like, get this used car salesman away from me. And I just started yelling 
like the whole place went silent and it was like a John Hughes movie from the eighties. And I, I said the words, I'm not going to help you buy your pimp suit anymore. That's amazing. Someone slow clapped. I have no idea who it is still, but I was like, whoever that is, is a consummate smart ass and I'm a big fan. And of course I was filled with regret the next day. So it was like, there's a better way to handle that or whatever. Yeah. But looking at what it really is and acknowledging what it really is, you know, like if your boss is on their, their fifth new Porsche, good for them. But also maybe it's time to think about how you extrude more value from the system for yourself. Um, it's the same in corporate, you know, the shareholders matter, employees don't like, you know, it, it's, there's always this lack of balance in our, our society. So just going, you know, what's my worth. And then, I think you heard us, Jen and I, talk about the idea of you're not paying me for the five minutes it took me to do that. You're paying me for the 30 years it took me to do that in five minutes. Yeah. And really focusing on your value instead of cost. Like with Totem, with what I do, also it's spiritual. So it just is an easy management approach. I Nothing's ever discounted. Nothing is ever on sale. Nothing is ever given away. I just don't do it. I don't. I don't Because mentally I can't handle it either. And it always feels weird. And, you know, for me, that's just been the easy way to do it and be like, I provide something of value. Right. If you want it, let's do it. I think it's priced pretty fairly considering my hourly rate when I freelance or I do consulting or something. So that's what it is. Yeah. I know you were talking in one of your lives with our friend, Jen, about how, you know, like, I don't know, and it kind of comes back to hairstylists and like, you know, like how you've gotten better at being a better gauge for people. And I don't know if it's just like, as a hairstylist, so many of us start off at 19 doing this work and so unconsciously doing it. But I find that like, I don't find myself with these energy vampires as much. I don't know if it's as much, if it's like how I show up differently or, and I know like when you decide to make a change, I had like 12 to 15 people when I started showing up in a more healthy state that kind of had to fall off. And some of them I had to help fall off and be like, I don't want to be around this energy anymore. And, you know, like what I, the way that I've always handled it is I kind of tee it up at the visit. If they're rude to me or they're like, well, I thought you were firing me. And I, and I'm, I'm like, well, that just doesn't feel good. I don't like how they're treating me or telling me I'm working slower or things like that. I've had people say, are you working slower? And I'm like, you know, I might be, I, I used to overextend myself, but then I kind of circle back after and say, you know what, I think it'd be best if you saw someone else. Like, I guess I would love to know from your experience, like how much of it is like, if once we show up with this energetic state of like, like just like owning ourselves and owning the work that we do, how we, you know, maybe we don't end up having as many of those energy vampires. We almost like repel them. Yeah, because you 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 can learn things psychologically. Like I love therapy; it, yes. it's incredibly helpful. You you can heal physically. You can do all these things emotionally, but your energy body tends to lag behind all of those, and it's very real. And so you could have gone to psychotherapy and made a huge breakthrough about issues with your mother or something. Yeah, and it still echoes in your energy body. And so you're still going to get those people. And it's not that you're inviting them. Uh, that law of attraction shit gets super dangerous with neurotic yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. neurotic. It, it can become very obsessive compulsive. It's more like over time, like what you've noticed, you've noticed there's less of that vampiric stuff. It's just because it's not echoing in your energy body as much as a lesson that you wanted to learn karmically or, or almost like a loop you wanted to close off and cauterize. It's It's done. And you go through layers of it. Like, you know, this past week with my kidney stone, 
all of these visions and, and spiritual downloads that I got around stuff with my mother and with women. And, you know, I'd done that work in therapy. I'm super self-aware. I was in therapy by the age of four, by the way, to start oh. off with. So like, I'm not like without having some self-awareness or introspection, but the energy body is a different animal. And for shamans, we tend to get a shamanic illness and it's like watching a movie that you're experiencing and you get that information. And, you know, for instance, your guides, if you do work with spirit guides, they might say to you like this, this pattern's done now. And that was a theme for me last week was this is gone now. Yeah, I think that's so impactful to hear because I think so many times we like we're like, okay, we're we have this boundary, we're setting this this tone now. But then there is this whole like transition period or like yes, like this rocky road that and I I always feel like I'm never prepared for that. I'm like, I made this change. I'm not gonna let people treat me poorly. I'm gonna charge my rate. And then next thing you know, it's like people are people rocky. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. So I I mentioned before we started, I had that meeting with this great group of women today and it was very valuable. And I remember being like, you're all really high functioning. Like, why are you spending time with me? Like doing this, you should be just doing what you're doing. Almost like I felt like I was imposing because it's so rare to meet so many high functioning women in one place. No offense, women. I love you. Usually it's, it's something special. And uh, this came up in that in that call because I said, you know, I've just launched spiritual transformation coaching, right? I got certified in that. I'm launching it in January. It sold out before I got it on the website. I didn't think that was ever going to happen. It's expensive. It's priced fairly, but it's expensive, right? Relative to a one-off sort of service with me. Then all these other great things have come in, including, by the way, doing this podcast with you. I was really excited about it. And then I had one client who for whatever reason, sort of no called, no showed. And it spun me out for like two days and I just felt bad about it. And and what you do if you're a high functioning driven woman is you go, what did I do wrong? What were the red flags I didn't see? And it's like, sometimes life happens. And also they might be a perfectly nice person. There's all kinds of shit going on all the time. I had a kidney stone the other day, like things happen to people, right? And just letting like I so I asked that group, like, how do you account for the disparity between all the good things that are happening and what my brain tends to focus on as a business owner or an entrepreneur? And this this woman on the call said, you have to look at it as you've hit a new ceiling and, and focus on that. Like she was just creating this image of upward momentum in this lofty space that you're touching. Yeah. And focusing on that and, and using that to crowd out some of the like. When you own a business, you're going to deal with people, especially your business, my business. People come in trauma. People come with all kinds of triggers. <coughs> Sorry, we had popcorn while we watched a serial killer movie on Netflix. And I think it's still in there a little hey, bit. It happens. No, that's so true. And you said something similar to that on a live with Jen. You said like, sometimes like, even if I'm like conscious and I'm trying to have, you know, partnerships with good people, yeah. there's still going to be shit that slips through the cracks. And I think we can be so hard on ourselves. Like, Oh, like Jen and I have said, had this conversation before. We're like, how many times do I have to learn this lesson? Like, am I a bad judge of character? And like you said, it's just just going to happen. Yeah. Some people are just, you know, frankly, some people are always going to be assholes and also people change. So you may have known someone for a long time and they're just different now. And you're not necessarily doing anything wrong. There's a real tendency with people who have empathy to internalize everything and take ownership and accountability for what's happening. And it's funny, my my really good friend, Roger, who does energy work, um, said that this uh, Qigong instructor, are you familiar with Qigong? I mean, I think I... It's like Tai Chi. Okay. 
but not like it's okay. energy work, but with movements that are different. I think I was in a class where they like, they were like handing you a fake yes. ball. Okay. I've done yes. it. Yeah. And the teacher who's from China said, sometimes life is just chopping wood and carrying water. Like in other words, you know, if you fall off your bike, it's not a metaphor for something, some broader spiritual message in your life. Sometimes you're just falling off the bike. Sometimes you're just living and humans are messy. And I personally, you know, so do as I say and not as I do, I have to get better at that because yeah. I'm very hard on myself. So when other people don't sort of meet me, I get very exasperated. And and also like it's inevitably a client, you've experienced some hairdressers I know, where they asked for a favor they asked for a day when you weren't really open. You looked at your calendar and you said, oh, they're in a bad spot. I don't have anything technically that day. I wanted it to be my first day of vacation, but, and you say yes. And they're, they're always the ones who don't show up, you know, every time, every, every time you time. live outside of your boundary and you're like, yes. I'll come in on my, my birthday or whatever. Then the day comes and you're like, oh my God, they're not, they're not coming. And it's like, right. what is that? Well, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot better about that. So I, Number one, it's always going to happen because you're going to try and be nice and you're going to have a moment where you're like, you know what? I haven't tried this in a while. And then you learn <laughs> again. But also like I did an experiment. One of my clients noticed it. She goes, you know, I really want to bring my friends to your workshops when I was in Chicago, but they're, they're too expensive for them. Have you, maybe you could do like a full moon, like a $20 class. And I listened to her. I said, you know what? That's fair. I might meet new people. Full moons are fun for me. Let's do it. <laughs> So I do it. It's super busy. And of course, someone decides to in the shamanic journey meditation. So I'm awake and seated upright and everybody else is out. And your buddy Jen was there, by the way. Mm -hmm. And someone just starts full on masturbating. No. Thank God there's drumming music, right? Just going at it. And, you know, I'm super weird about germs and stuff like so that it like <laughs> was really triggering for me. Also, sac my sacred, literally sacred space and all this stuff. And I'm just praying to God, one of my clients doesn't open their eyes and notice, right? I'm like, the music's loud enough. Let's just land the plane. So like 20 Let's minutes before. Yeah, I'm like, just get it done already. And also like, it, there were weird techniques. So it was like, you should YouTube this and learn about how to masturbate. But that was, so I'm at the point where I'm neurotically critiquing her masturbation techniques. I have, I'm like watching her like a hawk and praying she doesn't hurt my clients in any way, psychologically or otherwise. Yeah. So everybody comes to, I decide to ignore it because, you know, but afterwards everyone's like, what was up with that woman who was breathing really heavy? <laughs> like, I can't lie to you. You know, I got to tell you, they were all just dying laughing. But, and, and my client who's, who said you should do a cheaper event was there. And she said to me, I get it now. Like she, she immediately knew afterwards, we didn't have to talk about the details. She goes, I get it. You should, you should raise the prices. I'm like, yeah. Well, like, yeah. I, it makes me think of this quote that I like, I don't know, heard someone say a long time ago, it's like, be a kind person, but don't waste time to prove it. And like, yes. be, you know, and I feel like as hairstyles, like, you know, it's like someone, like you were saying, like, you know, someone's in a hard spot or you're like, yes. they lost their boyfriend. It's like, I'm going to pick up groceries for her and bring it to her house. Like to me, looking back, I'm like, Lindsay, what the fuck was that? Well, also you might be like me and I think Jen, I haven't put Jen through the coaching, the, the spiritual transformation yeah. program yet, but I developed a methodology using this, this guy's brilliant book called Eye of the Lotus and Kabbalah and all these other things. But um, you might be second chakra dominant, which I am too, which is your filter organs, your reproductive organs. It's where mediumship, shamanism, a lot of that work sort of sits. People think everything's right here. It's really not. Empaths are here channelers use throat like we all it's a variety a variety okay. pack 
And we tend to do a lot. Like physically, we show up for people. I've had friends with tooth infections. I bring them soup. I never hear from them again. You know, so you can get super emotionally burned out, disappointed and resentful as a second chakra person. Cause you're like, why, this isn't hard for me to do. Like, why is no one else there when I have a toothache or whatever? And the truth is they usually are. That's that negativity bias thing that our brains do, but also learning to maybe do less of that. Or if you do it and it's, it's a dud, right? Like you planted a seed and it didn't grow into anything just gone. Okay. It's just attacks from the universe, like yeah. figuring out a way to let it go. Cause I, I struggle with that too. Yeah. I've gotten better at it. Cause I'm like, wait, you know, just being kind and shooting someone yeah. a message is enough or, you know, right. like, and, and you also like, who are you, who, who is that reserved for? Like reserving that yeah. kind of care for people that, you know, are in your inner circle versus like at one time I had 300 clients. If I was get if I was doing that for everyone, like I had no gas left in the tank. Yeah. I, I think I, the word that you're talking about is discernment. Yes. And that's, that's a muscle that you've, you've, it's sort of like a perishable skill. Like you really have to stay on top of it. And it's one of the focus areas of the coaching program I designed is really getting people to get into their muscles of discernment and intuition, listening to their physical body, you know, somatically, like, how does this make me feel when decisions come up? Do I feel like saying yes? Do I feel like saying no? And being true to that in that, cause your body is such a good pendulum that. Right. And so do you think that like, as hairstyles, do you think I know for a fact, like I wasn't, and I have to work really hard at like staying in my body. Do you think part of like what allows us to see 10 people and all day, boom, 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 is like, we're not in our bodies. Yes. Yeah. I'm very rarely in my body. This is something I'm working on. People that are super productive and really like, I can take two more, like that second (laughs) chakra thing. The funny thing is in the book, I have a lot of the guy wrote, you'll never find laundry on the floor of a second chakra person's house. Cause it's like, I can just put that away. I'll just do it. And then we hit the wall and we're like dying, you know, at an urgent care. We're like, what happened? Everyone's like, oh, you yeah. hit the wall finally. But yeah. And, and, uh, it, it, it just, that, that's definitely part of it. So getting back in your body, these are things I'm doing. I need to get better at it. Cause I started getting busy and I was like, you kind of ride the mania sometimes. Yeah a burst worker, right? You operate on momentum, but, um, you can take a flower essence of nasturtium. I have found is really good for reconnecting you with your body. And it sounds like hippie shit, but the earth grid. So I made one and I've just been giving it to people. I'm not selling them yet. Cause we're, my husband and I are trying to figure out how to get them FDA approved. Like, what can are you they? imagine? Um, flower essences oh, where we make tinctures of okay, flowers yeah, yeah, yeah. and nasturtium. And I call it orange glow. Cause I took it for three days and I tripped out in the backyard and I go, wait, did I get high? And I don't remember it. <laughs> Anyone who's ever gotten high and forgotten it. It's like a real thing. And it was the flower essence. And I just felt so connected to my body and present and like happy to be sitting in the backyard. And I was like, oof, this is weird. This isn't usually how I am. Yeah. Uh, I have a psychic friend. We just wrote that sub stack together, Carolyn Shablowski. Um, she's a witch, witch, shaman. And uh, she started taking it. And she's like, I didn't think I would like being in my body, but I need to be in here sometimes. It's how you rest. It's how you restore. It's how you heal. Um, your energy body actually needs you to maintain a connection to this. Yeah. No, I yeah. think that like, like, I think that's so interesting because I feel like so much of like, we're able to hold other people's stuff because it's like, we're like up in our head and moving, yeah. moving, moving. And it allows you to do it for a long time, but then it explains why you hit rock bottom. The come down's hard. And by the way, all that stuff did hit your body. It did hit your energy body. You just didn't 
take it yeah. in and, and become aware of that in real time, there's a lag, right? Um, the other thing I would say is a lot of us that work that way had jobs we didn't enjoy at some point. And you develop almost like a disassociative mechanism to get through your day. And it's funny because now that I'm doing work that I really love doing, I have to untrain myself from those habits because I'm like, no, I want to be present with this. This is fucking awesome. It's cool. It's fun. Why am I still pushing boom, 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 boom? Like there's no need. Yeah. No, yeah. my husband today goes, why are you doing it? He's like, you had a call when you got done from the salon. Now you're doing another thing. He's like, you don't like mm-hmm. to be busy like this. And I said, no, I don't like to be slammed in the salon anymore. What I yeah. like to do is like different things where I'm present and I get to enjoy them. And it's yeah. just different. It is. It's just different. Yeah. And I was like, I found myself doing all this weird stuff to sort of rush through and grind through but I was enjoying what I was doing. I was like, this is such an old muscle memory that I have to train out of myself. So I've designed pockets in my day every day where I do something that has no, it's not a means to an end. Like there's no yeah. other goal besides just the doing of something. It's why I started making flower essences. I was like, I should fucking garden or something. Yeah. And of course I have to make it productive. I can't yeah, just yeah, but that, grow flowers. Yeah. yeah but, but I know, think but, that that's a gift too. Like that you like, you're, you like, you kind of, like, yeah, you like, like you start something being like, oh, this is a passion project or I'm going to do this for fun, but then it evolves into something. I think that's kind of cool. Well, and I like just touching flowers, making something that like old witches used to make. It's very grounding for me. It makes me really present. Um, for some people it's cooking, like peeling root vegetables and all that. Cause that was in the earth. It grounds your energy for other people. Like someone in the, the mastermind group today said she's started a puzzle. I can't imagine anything more infuriating by the way, but good yeah. for her. For me, I'd be like, Oh, I can't. Cause as a psychic, I'd be like, just, what is it? Like I, I, I'm not good with waiting for the yeah. ending. Well, a lot of hairstylists do like, like I just made body scrubs for the holidays for clients. And like, oh yeah, like I have a client that, that a coaching client, she's a hairstylist and she makes candles and, and like, yeah. she ends up selling them because she's got what you have and yeah. I have, but it's like, I wonder like in hairstyles in general, like they kind of work with their hands and find something to kind of come down from just all the energy. Well, humans, like our hardware, our body technology, you know, this biocomputer, it has a software in it, but it's also a physical thing. It wasn't designed to sit at a desk for 12 hours without sunlight, without touching things and without exerting ourselves. Like we're designed to move, touch things, make things. And it's interesting, you know, speaking of, we, we were talking earlier about Joe Rogan's podcast. He had Jocko Willink on recently. I don't know if you know oh, him. He's next yeah. Navy SEAL. He's been on rather, yeah, he's on the podcast. Um, I love Ed Milet. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's had him on. Yeah. And he just wrote a novel, you know, ex Navy SEALs writing fictional stories and stuff, but he started a company where everything's manufactured here because he learned that boot making as a trade was dying. Like the knowledge was dying. There was no other generation to pick it up. And he said, you know, I'm going to buy these old factories and train people on it. And he goes, and people feel good making something. Instead of like, you know, moving papers around in the desk and the bullshit I used to do, which is just like ideas and emails and meetings. And you go home with this weird, empty feeling. I mean, as hairdressers, you get a lot more satisfaction Mm -hmm. that way, I think. 
but also it, it is heady. It is cerebral. It's a lot of conversation. When you talk to someone, you engage with them. That's a massive energy exchange, you know, and it's energy work one way or the other, good or bad, frankly. Yeah. And so maybe finding ways to limit your intake of data when you're not working. Like, am I yeah. always listening to something, watching something? Maybe I turn that off. Maybe, you know, some people have a habit of just being on the phone. I'm one of them. I mean, cause I spent like 12 fucking hours a day on a phone yeah. for so long and you don't, I didn't even like it. And yet I find myself like, it, it gives me a feeling like I'm doing something and I, what I need to be doing is nothing. Right. So I'm working on that discipline. Yeah. Yes. Well, so I, I'm curious to know if, you know, like going, like if hairstyles are like, okay, I've got, I've got some work to do on myself, on some of the relationships yeah. I have in the salon. I'm curious to know how much of it is changing yourself and these people will kind of, the, the people that are no longer yeah. aligned with you will kind of fall away and how much of it is and how detrimental it is to have those people in your space and like, which needs to come first? Like, like, do you get rid of some of these toxic clients yeah. as you're getting healthy or yes. do you get, cause that's been my experience. Yeah. It's like, um, cleaning out and organizing a house you know, unless it's on hoarders or something, generally you do like a room a day, you spend a couple of days on a room. And as you're working, you're releasing items that no longer serve you. Right. Yeah. But, you know, doing, I, I'm always cautious about doing anything wholesale, like suddenly and abruptly and dramatically, like don't yeah. do that necessarily. Cause you can really shock the system or you can get kind of drunk on your own self-righteousness and end a bunch of relationships unnecessarily when you're like, oh, I was just kind of having a weird day, <laughs> right? So like give yourself a little time with it, but also things to look out for with energy vampires. So people who leave you feeling exponentially drained where you can't do anything afterwards. And usually there's a misnomer. People think of energy vampires as mean. They're usually really nice, by the way. Like they just are like those little sucker fish and that clean the tank. Like they just glom on because they can dump their anxiety, their dread into you. They gain catharsis and they walk away feeling awesome. And they're not self-aware enough to know that's why they feel so great talking to Lindsay. Yeah. And, and they don't know Lindsay feels like shit. So I worked with someone like this. She was the nicest human being, but she was so useless. Like she didn't do anything. Right. And she was our program manager on a team. And she would like, we'd all be on a group call. And then she'd call me and ask me all the same shit we just covered. So it made me crazy because I actually had to produce work. And so she started calling me to just dump anxiety and talk about like reorgs. And when do you think we're going public? And I heard da, da, da. And my husband watched me one day and he's like, you are trying to get the solution. And you're like talking at her. She's not like, I can tell I'm not even hearing her, but she's not receiving anything. And I was like, I needed to hear that. And I just stopped taking her calls. And three days later, I got like an email and it was like, the subject line was, are you mad at me? I was like, oh my God, here we go. Right. Working with women, no offense, but it's just yeah. true. Like men don't send you that. Like it, it, they're cold hearted snakes. You don't get that stuff. And I just wrote, no, I'm just really busy with work. Do you need something for work? And she goes, no, I was just catching up. And I, she never called me again. And I was like, I, within two days of not talking to her, I had like 80% more energy when I woke up in the morning. I had no idea how much she was draining from me. And that's how I feel she's about, so nice. Yeah. And yeah. that's how I felt about certain clients. And like, you know, people are like, what do you mean you let clients go? But I have in my 15 years, there's probably eight to 10 people I've done this with. Yeah. And I found a common thread with all of them and none of them are like, you know, I think we're doing the right thing, going different directions. They all want to stay like to your point. Yeah. They're all kind of like, I feel like 
I, what, well, what happened? Cause this works great for me. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like, funny. It's, yeah. And I, I literally, there was one where I'm like, you know, she's going to keep coming. I feel like I kicked her dog every time she leaves. Every time I just, I take my dog on a walk and I just feel down and I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. What just happened? And what happened was they got a big old snack and you got (laughs) drained. And you know what I would say too. So warning signs, you probably have your own, but one for me with, with totem is someone who calls and calls and calls and calls and calls. And it's a Google voice number. It's obvious and leaves a bunch of messages. Like it's urgent. You know, it's not heart surgery. It's not actually an emergency. And leave one message and and the expectation that somehow badgering me or that if I don't call you back in 30 seconds, something's awry. Like I already see what you're like to work with. That's not going to work for me. Um, And by the way, you shouldn't ever want to work with anyone who isn't busy. Like who's this person sitting around waiting for your call and just jumping on it? They're obviously not busy with other people. And that's, that's another mutual warning sign, right? Like me being busy and taking a day to get back to you. And I I'm very responsive, but like that, you should take that as a good sign that I'm working, I'm doing the thing. Um, The other thing is if when you try to assert boundaries, like I had a client who was referred to me by an energy worker, I think because he didn't say this, but because he was like exhausted, right? I was like, oh, thanks a lot for this. This is quite an adventure. Um, Where when we worked, um, she didn't listen, which I'm okay with people being talkative, but I can tell, I can feel when they're not receiving anything. And it was a lot about other people. It was a lot of drama and they always wanted to push their time. And I, I book like you appointments back to back, maybe giving myself like a pee break or a water break mm-hmm. or I group them. And I said, I have another client downstairs. Like finally got, I was trying to do the leave taking gestures and all the social cues and whatever. And she's like, yeah, but we're not done here. I'm like, Oh, we've been done for 10 minutes. I was like, you know, it's a 50 minute appointment. We went 60. I'm so sorry. You're not the only client today. I really have to go. And she's like, well, can I just wait downstairs and come back up? I was like, absolutely not. Uh, that's crazy. Like, don't you have your own things to do too? So just like, and she got very angry and then of course wanted to schedule another appointment. Right. Um, yeah. And, and the other thing I would say is anyone who shows up really late and intoxicated, that yeah. has just been always a slam dunk of a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I had one with a big Nalgene bottle full of wine. It was our last time together. Yeah. I drink, you know, I'm drinking Kratom right now. It's basically opium with caffeine in it. You know what? I just had a client ask me about that. And I asked Jen and Jen didn't know about it. Yeah. I love Kratom. I'll tell you all about Kratom if you want. Email okay. Me. It helps uh, with inflammation. So I'm kind of pounding it because of the kidney stone. Cause it's okay. I'm still like a little not right. Like something happened in there. Yeah. <laughs> I laid an egg, but yeah, like, so I don't, I don't judge anyone for drinking. I like scotch. I like wine, but you don't show up like someone who shows up blotto faded they have other stuff going on and it's, it's just a recipe for disaster because whatever happens, is going to get distorted and they're going to hear things that you're not saying and it's messy. Yeah. 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 So if you were going to leave hairstylist with like one thing to just kind of keep coming back to, if they're struggling to stay with themselves throughout the day, is there, you know, there's the, the pink yarrow, which I've been drinking. And as I'm in the salon grieving and trying to like handle that, I do think it is helping. Is there something else that you think, like if they remember one thing to kind of keep coming back to? Um, get a little crystal. They call them worry stones. I would say get anything black, 
So tourmaline, onyx, obsidian, black quartz, anything colored black. You can just get a little guy. So hang on, this is like sort of the size of them. This is rose quartz. That's a little different. But and they have this little thumb groove. So it's very like soothing. Mm -hmm. If you like fidget spinners or you, you know, whatever, black crystals absorb negative or excess energy. And they're very happy to do that. So, you know, having that little stone, even if it's, let's say you don't believe in crystals as a, as a thing, just as a totem to sort of dump your dread or like a, a device for the ritual of I'm grounding myself, you'd be amazed what the cues to your subconscious mind will give you. It's a very simple, manageable thing that you can do throughout your day. Because behavior mod is, is hard and it's the purview of therapists, right? And that takes a while. Um, but these little shamanic things, they, they make a big difference for me. They really do. Yeah. No, that's cool. I love that. And so where can people find you if they want to like book a coaching with you or a reading yeah. or be a part um, of one of your programs? Yeah. Totemreadings.com or on Instagram, totemrach. Um, yeah. And I don't, it's funny. So congratulations on your 50,000 downloads. Thank and you. It really resonated with me what you said about wanting to grow organically and just wanting to do it that way. Cause that's, that's what I've been doing with social media. I, I don't push it. Like everybody who follows me, I want them to follow me for like substance and not for whatever. Right. And I generally know all those people. So it's a bit of a different Instagram experience. No, I love your Instagram. And I Thank like you. the minute I started watching you do some lives, I was like, I have to book a session. And you know what I love about like what I loved about our session is it wasn't like, okay, now so often when I've talked to mediums, it's like, I can't wait to get my next fix. And I didn't oh, yeah. leave, I didn't leave our our reading like that at all. I left kind of feeling more grounded and more at peace and more centered and like not like I needed like another hit. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. That's, it, it's funny. People, like if I talk to someone who's in business, they're like, well, don't you rebook them right away? I said, no, if, it, if you're doing your job properly, it, it should last for about a year. And they're like, well, how do you make money? I'm like, you get new clients. It's that famine mindset and really like using a reading as a, as a moment to empower somebody and give them things they can do that are going to help on their own. Very passionate about that. Yeah. Anyone who wants to get you in all the time, whether they're a chiropractor or an energy worker, it's a bad sign. It's a bad sign. I love that. It's so, it's yeah. like, to me, I love that. It's so not scarcity. So I think we leave people with that. And thank you yeah. so much for your time. Thank you. Today. And happy holidays, everybody. Holidays are hard. So take pink yarrow, take breaks, take naps, take baths, yes. <laughs> take care of yourself. Yes. Hey guys, I have a favor. If you enjoy she Makes Waves, the podcast, or you loved this episode in particular, can you head over to iTunes and rate and review the podcast so that we can get it in the ears of more people that need the information that we're sharing? It would mean the world to me. It empowers me to keep going and every message I get from you guys means the world to me. Have a wave making day and I'll see you next week.